Good morning, Pats Nation. This is the Patriots Beat Podcast. I'm your host, DJ Mees. And I am Mr. Mike Nice. And like we said, this is the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by the CLNS Radio Network. How are you doing today, DJ Mees? Man, I am good. It's an exciting time for football right now. The NFL draft is coming up. As you know, as Patriots fan, we don't really care too much about um, drafts. What's a draft? I mean, yeah, you know, the Patriots are, aren't used to having the number one or two or, or top five pick. You know, the Patriots are used to picking late because of all the success that the team usually has. I mean, the Patriots, you know, unfortunately, with everything, the fallout of the whole deflate gate situation, you know, lost a couple first round picks. But. In Bill, we trust, and we fully expect that with any pick that the Patriots make this year, it's all will lead to the success for the New England Patriots. Definitely. So this year's draft, we have St. Louis Rams who will be picking first with the trade from the Titans, and you have the Eagles who will be second. And, you know, all the projections are saying that they're both going to be taking um, two top quarterbacks, one in Jared Goff, and the other in Carson, Carson Wentz, um, both teams that desperately need quarterbacks right now. I mean, yeah, the, the Los Angeles Rams for sure, you know, they need a new a face of that franchise, moving to a new arena, a new city, you know, taking a quarterback and putting him as the face of the franchise, you know, the poster boy. It'll definitely feel like a new start and somebody that they can hopefully depend on to lead that team to, you know, you know, better seasons and more success. So, yeah, that's usually what the first couple of picks are all about, a new face of the franchise and someone they can really hope to lead them to, you know, better seasons ahead of them. So we're definitely going to talk draft talk. But what else do we have today on the playlist, Mike Nice? Uh, later in the show, we'll get into an interview that we had with Jay Soderberg, who is the head of content at Blog Talk Radio, and he's also the host of the Next Fan Up podcast. And, you know, we're just going to talk to him and get his take on the NFL draft and the targets that he had in mind that the New England Patriots should go after. And just other, another other couple things um, to go along with the Patriots going into next season. Uh, weapons for Brady, you know, the running back position. You know, we'll just get his thoughts on a couple of things for sure. Definitely. So let's uh, let's talk about the draft right now. Um, Patriots have the number 60 and number 61st pick. In my opinion, the way the Patriots work, the way Bill Belichick works, we might see a trade or two. Who knows? Patriots might trade both picks and we end up with like four or five round three or round four picks. You know what I'm saying? You you never know what the Patriots are going to do. But um, I would love to speak on what the Patriots have done in the past with the second round picks. And, you know, we'll grade them from there and see what we think about them. Um, let's go back two years ago. Jimmy Garoppolo. The jury's still out on Jimmy. Whoa. The jury's still out on Jimmy Garoppolo. He was our second round pick in 2014, number 62. What was your, what's your take on Jimmy? I mean, at the time when the Patriots selected Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, people were just worried and thinking, why are the Patriots taking a quarterback so early? Is this signaling the end of Tom Brady? or Are they already going to start going into a, a new era, you know, going with this quarterback? Um, so that was a lot of the talk of the time. But uh, clearly from what we saw last season, uh, Tom Brady at his age is still performing at a high level, if not the best quarterback in the league in, in many's opinion. And it's kind of seems now that Jimmy Garoppolo won't be pushed into that 
starting quarterback role in in any in, in the near future. So I mean, he's sitting on the bench. Uh, we still have Brady doing his thing. So does Garoppolo kind of trade it turn into a, an asset now that you can maybe move and trade and get uh, maybe some better draft picks in the future, another player? Who knows? But right now it looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be riding the pine uh, for the next couple of seasons. Definitely. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is could be our future, could be someone we trade out eventually. So we, we really don't understand, know where that's going to happen yet. But – there's also been some bad picks in the second round pick. Arguably, Bill Belichick's worst draft decision. Mike, do you remember Razai Dowling? Raz, Razai, the dude from Batman Begins. No, 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 no. Yeah. I said Razai Dowling. I don't know. And I hear Razai, so I think of Batman Begins, Razai Gould, Bruce Wayne, all of that. <laughs> Razai Dowling was a cornerback we chose with the number 33rd pick. In 2011, he has so much. We were told he has so much promise, so much future. That guy did not pan out to be anything. Also, do you remember Chad Jackson? Chad Jackson, another wide receiver that the Patriots took a chance on and, and hoped that he panned out into something good, another weapon and asset for Brady. But that guy, some were flipping burgers right now, unfortunately. My man had 13 passes in two seasons and got the the boot gone. And then we have the middle of the pack players in the second round. Um, Brandon Spikes. What's your take on Brandon Spikes? I like I like Brandon Spikes a lot. You know, at the time, I felt like he was really fitting into what the Patriots wanted to do. And, and really become a, a pass rusher that they could depend on. Unfortunately, you know, things didn't work out, and he, he had to move on from the team. But he came back, and I, I figured that maybe, you know, he can get right back into that role. But unfortunately, how things unfolded for him, and, you know, he had to be cut from the team. Uh, I, I, I thought at the time it was a good selection that the Patriots made, but clearly went a different route. Brandon Spikes, when he was playing with the Patriots, one of my favorite players, played very hard, a great run stopper. Then once he left the Pats, you know, um, we didn't really hear much of his name. He came back and got himself in some off-the-field issues. So I, I really don't even know what's of Brandon, Brandon Spikes right now. But now, we ha- second round also came with some delights. Um, here we got Matt Light, Dion Branch. Sebastian Vollmer and Jamie Collins all picked in the second round. Yeah, man, you're talking about a, a Super Bowl MVP in Branch, uh, Matt Light, guy who was a Pro Bowler a couple of seasons. You know, these Vollmer's been a solid uh, offensive lineman, um, and Jamie Collins is a guy who's really you know coming into the forefront of the defense right now and really breaking out into a big time star in the NFL. So the Patriots have had some success in the second rounds. Not everything has been bad. Jamie, Jamie Collins probably one of the, the best linebackers in the NFL today. But, Mike, there was one pick in the second round that could be known as probably Belichick's best pick ever. Two, in 2010, the number 42 pick was Rob Gronkowski. I mean, yeah, if you don't know about Rob Gronkowski by now, you have been watching Patriots football. We're talking about a guy who can arguably go down as if not already the best tight end in Patriots history, 
soon to be the best tight end in NFL history. You know, he's coming to the league and come come onto the Patriots and has had an immediate impact. And you know, another guy that was also taken in that draft that people don't really want to talk about too much is Aaron Hernandez. And I mean, mm-hmm. the Patriots took those two guys, and for those first you know two three seasons, I think I'm not sure. Um, that was a great one-two punch with those guys, and you really thought that Brady and Belichick had struck gold with having those two guys, you know, the two tight end sets and everything. And unfortunately, Aaron Hernandez's career went a different route, but Gronkowski is still performing at a high level, and, I mean, it's just great to have him on the team for sure. Yeah, man. So, Patriots fans, there's, there is hope. There is hope in the second round we can land someone big. Um our second runs are hit or misses, as you can see. You, there, there's, a, there's some good, but there's also some ugly as well. And, uh, Mike, I know you have some players that you've seen before that you want to speak on that you like the Patriots to to see. Yeah, man. I mean, let's start with that 60th pick in the second round. Patriots' first pick, actually. And, you know, I'm really intrigued by a guy by the name of Cyrus Jones, a cornerback out of uh, Alabama. Uh, the thing about Jones is he's undersized at five foot ten, but just from the, you know the scout reports and a couple of the highlight reels I've seen of him, um, he always seems to make the right play on defense. And another thing about him, he could probably help out on special teams as well. And you know, Belichick loves those guys who can be of multiple areas, work in multiple areas, and affect the game in different ways. And I think one thing about Cyrus Jones is he's both mentally and physically tough, and that's one thing uh, the Patriots definitely look for. Another thing about him, uh, he was a wide receiver, but then converted to cornerback in 2013. You know, in his final three seasons with the Crimson Tide, he finished off his career with 106 tackles, one sack, 25 pass deflections, seven interceptions, and two forced fumbles. And I just think that he's a guy who could probably make an immediate impact, especially another thing about him, you know, with his physical ability. He could probably also be using a return game and in, 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 in on kickoff and maybe punt returns, whatever the direction the Patriots might want to go. Um, maybe he's versatile. Maybe you could put him at safety. You know, Belichick and the Patriots love those versatile type of players. And I feel like with Cyrus Jones out of Alabama, you got a guy who can maybe play some cornerback, maybe some safety, being on special teams, returning kicks, whatever the case may be. Uh, that's a guy who I could definitely see the Patriots maybe targeting with the 60th pick for sure. Word, word, word. Um, for the 60th pick, I'm actually going in a, in a different route. So New England hasn't drafted an offensive player with his first pick since – Nate Solder in 2011, and he hasn't plucked a skill player in the first pick since the run, running back Lawrence Maroney. I know you guys remember Maroney, and um, so I'm gonna do a little twist and say here in 2016, with the number 60th pick, the Patriots select Derrick Henry, running back from Alabama. Now, if you haven't seen Derrick Henry, I'm telling you guys now. This man is a truck. Six foot three, 247 pounds. Powerful, powerful runner. He was the Heisman Trophy winner. And I believe, I know what you guys are thinking, but we just signed, we just signed LeGarrette Blunt. Aren't they kind of like the same player? 
which is true, but I think Derrick Henry gives us gives you more versi- versatility. He's, he's quicker than um, Blunt, and with Deion Lewis, not really. We're not really sure how, how well he's gonna come back into thing. Like Gary Blunt has shown to be injury prone as well. And just look at last year, how many running backs we lost, and we were just pick, picking and plucking. I just feel like having Derrick Henry in the backfield with the Patriots would do a lot, of, would give us a lot of help in short yardage as well. I definitely hear what you're saying when it comes to that pick, um, Derrick Henry. Um, a guy who could maybe be a replacement for LeGarrette Blunt in the near future. But I hear what you're saying with him, but I also. I'm looking at another guy at the 60s pick, another running back, 61st, 61st pick, I'm sorry, a running back out of Louisiana Tech by the name of Kenneth Dixon. And unlike what you just said about that guy, Dixon is someone more similar to, you know, the, the Kevin Falk or the Shane Vereen or the Deion Lewis, that type of player. And just like what you said, you, we don't know how Deion Lewis is going to return from an ACL injury. It might take him some time, maybe a full season, a couple of weeks. I don't know the situation with his rehab and whatnot, but it could take him some time to get back to full form and from see what we saw last year from him. So maybe you bring in a young player, uh, start to build him up in that role, another versatile guy who can who can help and you know also go out and get some catches and whatnot from Brady. You never know with the health, like DJ Mee said last season, the Patriots lost their number one in two options at the running back position to season-ending injuries. The Patriots definitely probably want to take a, a chance in maybe getting a wide uh, running back, I'm sorry, in this draft, and, and, and hopefully that they could put him into the system and have them produce as well. Who else are you looking at, DJ Mees? So pretty much you, you, you're thinking Patriots go cornerback, running back, right? I like that. I like that. I'm saying Patriots go running back and offensive lineman. So we all know, we've all watched what happened um, last year in the in the conference finals against Broncos. And Brady got beat up. We all know the offensive line is an area where we really need to work on. And so I say with the 61st pick, Patriots look at LaRaven Clark, offensive tackle for Texas Tech. He's 6'5", 316 pounds, and he's known for his excellent lower body flexibility and long arm. He has some experience as well as guard, so, you know, Dante Skernecchio will definitely find ways to use him in different positions, as the Patriots like to do, pick and pluck different um, offensive linemen in different areas. So versatility be very key, and I believe that just adding, you know, beefing up that front line, is key. You got to protect your merchandise. Brady is your merchandise. So first round, I'm, it's very imperative that I see an offensive lineman being picked up. You know what? I can't I, I can't really disagree with you, DJ Mees. I mean, as we saw, like you said, in the conference finals last year, uh, a guy who can really attack the quarterback and, and really play a huge part in the pass rushing game is, is becoming real crucial and vital now uh, in today's NFL. And one guy I kind of saw looking on the outside, uh, maybe could sneak in if the Patriots want to go that route and get a real pass rusher, a guy by the name of Shaquille Calhoun uh, out of Michigan State, uh, defensive end slash linebacker. Uh, just from the scout reports and videos I've seen of him, 
he can really pay, play a huge part in the pass rush, and he adds more depth to that defensive line that the Patriots are always looking to add. Uh, he's a real explosive guy with a lot of speed and a lot of power, and you know he has a great ability to get after the quarterback. And one thing about him, he could play uh, in the 4-3 defense as a defensive end, or if you want to go to the 3-4 defense, he can maybe play a little outside linebacker, in my opinion. I mean, he has that speed that could probably translate into either scheme. So if they do go that route and look for a pass rusher, I definitely think Shaquille Calhoun might be an option at the 60th or 61st pick. All right. I got another curveball for you. I know you like this guy very well as very well. Um, Braxton Miller. Braxton Miller, you know, wide receiver for Ohio State, once quarterback for Ohio State. Um, I think he can come in and bring a lot of versatility to that wide receiver core. Um, Aaron Dobson for me, I mean, Aaron Dobson for me is not cutting it. You bring in a Braxton Miller who has speed, who runs a 4-4. He ran a 4-4 in his, um, his 40. He's great in the open field, changing speeds and direction fluidity. I mean, the guy's very confident in his abilities. Watching him, and if you've seen any of his highlights, he's a very, very explosive. So Braxton Miller, that would be a nice thing to see as well if they want to get a skill position. Yeah, I really like Braxton Miller a lot. You know, like you said, he was a quarterback at uh, Ohio State uh, from 2011 to 2013. And then in 2015 season, he, tra- he transitioned into the wide receiver role. So a thing was about him, you know, versatility, you talk about versatility, he, he knows about the quarterback position and has is starting to translate into that wide, pres- wide receiver position. And one guy currently on the Patriots that we saw and you always heard about make that transition was Julian Edelman. So you bring in a guy like Braxton Miller and hope that he could – just make a similar transition, and we see we've all seen how Julian Edelman has panned out yeah. over his court, uh, over his tension with the Patriots. Maybe Braxton Miller can and can uh, follow the same route, you know. Maybe go under Julian Edelman's wing and 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 learn a lot from him. Uh, but and the one thing that he has over Julian Edelman for sure is the size. You know, this guy Braxton Miller is six foot two. 200 pounds could probably add on some more muscle as he as he grows up in in, in his NFL career, but. You know, that's one thing the Patriots have been missing uh, when it comes to wide receiver, and that's a guy over six feet who can maybe go downfield and, and get up there to catch a ball or something like that. So I definitely do like Braxton Miller for sure, man, for sure. Definitely. And one more one more receiver that I'm thinking of is Sterling Shepard. Now, Sterling Shepard's only 5'10", 194 pounds. And if you know me, I'm always complaining about how we have short receivers. So why why Sterling Shepard? Well, I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to see what um, Belichick and Brady like to bring in as wide receivers. And it's and it's working. They like the the small Julian Edelman, Amendola types, Wes Welker. It's been successful. Shepard has been from Oklahoma has been compared to Julian Edelman from the jump he stepped uh, stepped in there. And why, that's a great comparison to have right there. He's actually a bit faster than Edelman if you watch him play. In his last game, he's had 14 catches, 177 yards, and two touchdowns. The guy is a bullet. And if that's the route that Patriots want to go with those short, quick receivers – if Sterling Shepard is still on the board by 60, that pe- people don't believe he would be. But if he's still on the board, that's a that's another player that you, you may see Patriots look out for. 
So like we told you guys earlier in the show, we have a chance, excuse me, we had a chance to speak with Jay Soderberg on what he thinks going on with the Patriots right now in their offseason. So let's take it away. We are now joined by Jay Soderberg, who is the host of Next Fan Up podcast and the head of content at Blog Talk Radio. How are you doing today, Jay? Oh, fantastic. It's a beautiful spring day. Definitely. We're enjoying the weather up here as well. And uh, we're here, you know, we're just going to talk some Patriots with you, see what you're thinking about. For sure, for sure. You know, everybody has their thoughts and feelings uh, on what the Patriots could be looking for in the draft, you know, what players they should go after, what position should they focus on. So, you know, we want to get your opinion and your take and uh, see what you think that the the Patriots should do um, in this coming Thursday's draft and what they should be looking at. Yeah, I mean – for me, I and I've been I've been pretty high on this since the beginning of the offseason. I still think the linebacker position is pretty weak for the Pats. Uh, now, considering where the Patriots are drafting, you know, is there a linebacker that's going to come in that's going to be an impact player? I'm not I'm not sure, and I'm not totally sold on uh, on Shea McClellan either as being sort of an answer there. Um, you know, Hightower has some injury issues. Jamie Collins is a beast for sure, but he's one dude. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you know, I do like uh, Mr. Boombastic, <laughs> uh, you know, but again, he's got an injury history. Uh, so it's and this is, you know, th- this is so uh, this is like the same tune played over and over again for us Patriot fans. They take risks. Bill Belichick goes out he finds that undervalued veteran who has sort of an injury history and sometimes he pans out fantastically and sometimes it just doesn't work out and so my fingers are crossed on mcclellan i don't buy it that he's sort of the answer there uh and obviously bostic uh is a wait and see i think he's probably going to be a more impact player for special teams than he will be in terms of an actual contributor on defense um, but those are sort of that's the one spot on this team besides the offensive line um, that I'm really concerned about. Um, I'm going to I want to go back to what you were just saying, how um, Patriots, they love to pick out, you know, the undervalued, sometimes injury prone players. And sometimes it pans out and doesn't. And a great example is Dominic Easley, who, you know, recently just mm-hmm. got cut from the Patriots. I was never a big fan of getting drafting Dominic Easley. And then after that first year when he got hurt, I saw the signs there already that this was going to be a bust. I always thought it was going to be a bust. And, you know, Patriots obviously didn't. They knew it as well, and they released him. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's disappointing. I mean, we've seen this in the Patriots draft classes. And, and honestly, you know, to me, when I look at what Bill Belichick does in the draft, he doesn't care what you think about the player. He doesn't care what the media thinks about the player. He's going to take the guy he feels is going to fit his scheme, his system, and feels that he can coach up. And sometimes it works out great. Look at Tom Brady. Look at Julian Edelman. Yeah. Two late-round guys didn't have a shot in the world. And then, you know, Tom Brady becomes the greatest quarterback of all time, and Julian Edelman is our leading receiver. So it's fantastic. Other times... You take a risk on a guy like Dominic Easley, who didn't really fit the mold of what we had seen for Patriot defensive linemen. Uh, 
you know, it was a little undersized, had that injury history. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, Belichick took a shot and it didn't work out. The problem with that sort of, what's interesting is that these sort of mistakes that get made never come back to really haunt us. You know, we're always in, we're always in the playoffs. We're always in that AFC championship game. We don't always win the Super Bowl. And if our ultimate goal, and if we're ultimately going to judge this team by winning the Super Bowl every year, we should probably have a little bit of a reality check. Definitely, definitely. I mean, just to go off of what you just said, despite whatever they do in terms of draft picks or free agents or trades, at the end of the at the end of the season, you know, the Patriots are always in a position to be that top seed or head into the AFC Championship game or possibly the Super Bowl. That's one thing that, you know, other teams like the Oakland Raiders or the Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they don't know what football looks Playoffs. like. Playoffs. <laughs> they don't know what football looks like <laughs> come uh, late January and February. You know what I mean? So I think despite whatever the Patriots might do in the draft, they've done in draft before and players that might pan out or not pan out, you know, that, that saying always goes in Bill we trust. And, I mean, he might do some crazy things. You, you take a guy like Dominic Easley early, um, early in the draft, and then a couple years later now he's cut from the team. But at the end of the day, you know, we might, we'll see where the Patriots are um, this season. Call, call me crazy, but I also think another position that um, wasn't said that the Patriots need to focus on, just one at least, is wide, the wide receiver core. I still think we need to add one more Hopefully, someone that's over six one receiver to help out Tom Brady. Um, Aaron Dobson, I mean Aaron Dobson, does not pan out for us, for me, anyways. I don't think he there's a fit for him, and I just think we need to really bolster up the wide receiver. And you know, Edelman and Amendola have shown that they can get injured. So, what do you think about that, Jay? Yeah, I mean, here's the main issue with the wide receiver position is that. Uh, unless you've built up uh, years of chemistry with Tom Brady, you don't work out. Uh, or you're Randy Moss, and you're the greatest wide receiver of all time. <laughs> yep. uh, so, I mean, that seems to be sort of where the issue lies in the wide receiver position. So Edelman is Tom Brady's boy. I mean, Tom Brady said it to him. You're my boy. Um, so Edelman has has worked out that chemistry with Brady where they have that, you know, magical thing where Brady can look at him like he did with Dion Branch and he just knows, okay, I got to run a post route now. Uh, you know, they have that, that ESPN with each other. Yeah. I said that on purpose. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the problem with Aaron drops in and with Ken Bell drop kins uh, <laughs> was sort of like, if you could take those two players and, and merge them, you had the perfect guy because Dropkins could always get open. He just couldn't catch the ball. Drops in, can't get open, and then he can't catch. Then he can't catch, uh, and so it's like if you could combine those two, they would work out. And that's sort of like my feeling going into the draft is like, well, we can try and draft a wide receiver, but I mean, what's the last besides Julian Oman? Who's the last wide receiver the Patriots have drafted that's worked out? Branch, Dion Branch. No, that was before Edelman. Oh, since Edelman, uh, it's, it's it's been rough when it comes to wide receivers. And yeah, Patriots drafted. It's been really rough. Can't think of one. Yeah. Really. So, so you know, when we talk about Danny Amendola, he's another guy who sort of stepped up. Is he overpaid? Probably. Is he injury prone? Yes. 
But he's a guy that's at least reliable. He's built up a little bit of chemistry with Tom Brady. Um, you know, I'm interested a little bit more to see what Kelvin Martin can produce. Like, can he step it up this year? Can he make an, a, another jump with another year in the system here? Uh, you know, I think that'll be interesting to watch. And then, obviously, they believe in in Hogan. Again, he's another guy that I'm not a firm believer in. But Neither am I. And Bill, and Bill we trust. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens there. I think where I'm not worried about the wide receiver position is I think Edelman provides enough production where if you run that two tight end package with Gronkowski and Martellus Bennett and Bennett and Bennett produces the way that he has in the past, I honestly I think I think the wide receiver position is fine the way it is. Once again, we want to thank Jay Soderberg, host of the Next Fan Up podcast and head of content at Blog Talk Radio for joining us this morning here on the Patriots Beat podcast and getting his thoughts on the NFL draft and the Patriots targets and other things going into next season for the Pats as well. Have you been frustrated trying to buy tickets online? Most sites make it complicated and they all try to sneak in huge fees at checkout. That's why you need to try SeatGeek. They made it easier than ever to buy and sell sports tickets and concerts. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I just used it the other day to look at tickets for Game 3, Atlanta versus the Boston Celtics, the game Isaiah Thomas went off for 42 points. SeatGeek has all the work and hassle out of shopping for tickets. They pull all the tickets available on the other sites into one place, so you save time and never miss a deal. You can even set alerts for upcoming events, and SeatGeek will let you if ticket let you know if tickets prices fall. Listeners of CLNS Radio get a twenty dollar rebate off their first SeatGeek purchase. So get your twenty dollar rebate on tickets. Download the free SeatGeek app. Go to the settings tab and click Add a promo code. Enter promo code Celtics Beat. All one word, no space. That's C-E-L-T-I-C-S-B-E-A-T. No space. And then SeatGeek will send you $20 after you made your first ticket purchase. What a deal. Download the free SeatGeek app and enter promo code CelticsBeat today. I just want to piggyback off of some of the stuff that Jay touched upon in that interview. Uh, especially when it comes to the running back position, this is one area where I really somewhat, you know, I'm not completely comfortable with just knowing that the Patriots are going into the 2016 season with two guys uh, that who were their one-two punch, you know, at the start of last season, but finished off with season-ending injuries. Uh, it just seems to me like, you know, the Patriots are completely fine with thinking and hoping that these guys can both, you know, fully recover and and be ready for training camp preseason and, and the regular season. Uh, I know they signed Donald Brown, you know, just maybe as insurance. They still have Brandon Bolden. They still have James White. But it just seems to me those two guys are at the top of the depth chart. And it's not you, you're not used to seeing guys just thrown right back into the fire like that immediately sometimes when dealing with season-ending injuries. So I'm just – I still feel a little off with the idea of that they're sticking with Lewis and and Blunt to start the season. I mean, we we saw potential in James White last year. James White did um, filled in the role for Dion Lewis. He's obviously wasn't Dion Lewis, but he, I thought he played very well. You bring in a guy in Donald Brown, who, which I'm reading from reports like um, 
like Jay was saying earlier, that Patriots really like him. You know, um, he's very good with the um, pass pass protect pass protection as well. So, in the first couple of weeks, you know, this it's all about feeling out how the players are, how Deion Lewis is, how Legarrette Blunt. I don't blame the Patriots in trying to recapture that again. It worked so well last year, and there was we weren't having any complaints the first ten games when we when Deion Lewis was doing his thing and Legarrette Blunt was punching it in the middle. So. You you have guys like Donald Brown, Brandon Bolden's solid, like you were saying. James White is still developing. Maybe you draft someone else, like I was saying earlier, like a Derrick Henry, and your running back core will be fine. I mean, we as page as you know, as Patriots fans, we don't stress too much on the running back position, anyways. As long as you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, we're going to be throwing the ball most of the time. And um, Dion Lewis is going to be used more of a passer, pass catcher than a runner to begin with, anyways. If you if you know what I mean. Now, I mean, I definitely agree with you. There's one thing for sure that the Patriots have not relied heavily on the run game. I mean, thankfully we've had guys come through the, through the years like a Kevin Falk, Shane Vereen, um, guys who've just been solid, but. You know, not are not guys looking to get you know twenty five plus carries a game. Uh, so I don't want to stress about it too much. I'm just hoping that, like you said, their pitch is trying to recapture what was so successful for them at the beginning of the 2015 season. I definitely, as as probably all Patriots fans, hope that that same kind of magic and one two punch of those two guys can definitely be re- recaptured and. The, the the run game for the Patriots can be something that opposing defenses have to reckon with, with whether it's Blunt punching up the middle or Deion Lewis dancing and catching some 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 passes from Brady coming out out of the backfield. Now I know recently uh the Patriots signed two new players. Uh do you want to touch on those two guys, DJ Mees? Yeah, so like again, Jay was speaking how he feels like the linebacker position is probably one of the, our weakest positions right now with no depth. And the Patriots are listening. They just signed um, linebacker Tony Stewart from um, the Buffalo Bills. He's been in NFL season for one year. Uh, six footer, two hundred and forty one pounds. He was a six round pick, the hundred and eighty eighth overall pick by Buffalo. Played for Clemson. And um, he ended, unfortunately, he only played seven games in his rookie season, ended, ended the season on injury reserved, and was released by Buffalo on the 19th of April. And then you have also a long snapper, Patriots pick up um, Christian Ute. He played for the Buccaneers in 2011 and the Browns from 2011 to 2014. Was released last May and did not play last season at all. He's a six foot one. 250 pounder you know Patriots just picking picking diamonds out of the rough right now seeing what they can do to you know, fill out their roster yeah I mean long snapper yeah cool no one really cares about the long snapper position it's whatever get another guy in to plug in and, and do it do your job like Bill Belichick likes to say but definitely like we've talked about a lot in this show depth at the y, at the linebacker position is crucial. I mean, as great as D, um, Dante Hightower has been and Jamie Collins has been, we know for a fact that they've both dealt with injuries and have to miss a couple games and whatnot. Another area that I think I really want to talk about is breakout players for the New England Patriots for the upcoming 2016 season. 
And I had two guys, one offense and one defense, two guys that definitely stand out to me that I think might really uh, make make put their footprint on the 2016 for this team. And I want to start with, with offensive offensively, and that's James White. And the reason why I say James White is because James White. Okay. A, a lot of what I've been talking about throughout the show is the fact that I really don't know about LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis being that one-two punch of two guys come back from season-ending injuries. And I feel like James White got a taste of what it was like to be, you know, the guy for the Patriots, you know, in the second half and towards the end of the season, you know, because he was the only guy they really had to depend on uh, along with um, uh, Steven Jackson, who they signed, and and Brandon Bowler was still there. A guy by the name of Joey Yusefa stepped in a couple times. But James White was really that go-to guy that they really wanted to pe- depend on. And, I mean, maybe he sees this upcoming season knowing that LeGarrette Blunt and Deion Lewis not, might not be where they fully want to be health-wise and confidence-wise because of their injuries. He might use, you know, training camp uh, tr- uh, preseason to really want to say, you know what, let me step up and, and, and you really take my place as one of the running backs that Bill Belichick and the offense, you know, uh, they, they can really call my number, my name, and I can be ready to go out there on the field and produce, you know, based off what I've, the experience I've got being on the field with Brady in that offense last season. I feel like James White might be a guy that might maybe take a next step. I'm not saying he's going to be Pro Bowl level, you know, breaking records or anything like that, but we just might see his name called – during Patriots games a little bit more this upcoming season. All right. A breakout player for me is Jabal Sheard. Mike, you already know I'm very high on Jabal Sheard. And now with the absence of Chandler Jones, I believe Jabal Sheard takes over that defensive end position, and we see him emerge as a pro bowler even. I think Jabal Sheard has crazy talent. Um, when Chandler Jones was get, was hurt during the end of the year, Jabal Sheard really did step up. He can also play the linebacker position. Very versatile. And with now a year in the Patriots system, this second year coming up, I think he's going to take that next step to be a big, big um, defensive contributor in our Patriots defense. Yeah, I definitely agree. And another guy on defense who I feel – could definitely step up in the 2016 season on the defense is Patrick Chung. And I know guys are like, Patrick Chung, he's been around for forever now. But the thing about Patrick Chung is I think that he's finally stepping up into a role where he's not just the same old Patrick Chung, hard-hitting guy, you know, looking to make the big hits on, on, on opposing players. I feel like now, you know, as he's getting more seed, season going into his eighth or ninth uh, season in the league now, I feel like he's he's definitely starting to understand understand the safety position and being able to read the field and read the the plays more from the opposing offense. And him right alongside of Devin McCourty are guys that not only will make plays on the ball, but Patrick Chung will definitely continue to still bring that hard hitting mentality uh, to really spark the defense in certain times. I feel Patrick Chung will take that next step. Because, you know, think about it. The guy was on the team to start, on the Patriots to start his career. He left that one season to go to Philly, but Belichick saw something in, in him, and that when that opportunity arose and he got a chance to come back to the team, you know, 
the Patriots and Bill Belichick didn't waste any time in bringing him back. So I definitely like the fact that uh, the Patriots took that second chance with him. And Devin McCourty maybe is showing Patrick Chung like, you know what, there's more to the game than just being that hard-hitting guy. You know, under under Dante Starnecchia, not Dante Starnecchia, I'm sorry, Matt Patricia, the defensive coordinator, uh, these young guys are growing and developing, and I feel Patrick Chung will take that next step as a breakout player in 2016 for sure. I like that. And I'm going to stay on the defensive end as well. This one might be a little surprising. I also think that Malcolm Butler might have a breakout year as well. I know what you guys are saying. Well, Ma Butler, you know, he was a pro bowler last year. But I still feel that quarterbacks don't respect Malcolm Butler and still try to test him. He only had um, two interceptions last year. I think his number of interceptions will grow. He still get. He's a player that he doesn't have all the athletic abilities, but he's been proven to us day week by week that he gets better as the game goes on. And I think as quarterbacks still try to test him, he's going to get more opportunities to make big plays for us in the defensive end. So Malcolm Butler, I think, is going to have another Pro Bowl year because he's going to be still looked at as a player that hasn't proven himself. I don't think he gets the respect that he deserves, and he's going to have a great year. I definitely agree with you on the fact that you said, you know, Malcolm Butler is not a guy who makes who's uh, really gifted athletically. But sometimes it's not about being a guy who's the strongest or can jump the highest or run the fastest. But sometimes it's all about, you know, being able to make the play. And that goes in any sports, not, not just football, but basketball, baseball, hockey. Sometimes you might not be the most gifted but you can make the play. I, I go back and even think of Tom Brady coming out when he when he did the last pick in the draft. He's not, and even going later on in his career, he's not a Cam Newton or a Russell Wilson. You know, teams clearly passed on him back in that 2000 draft for some reason. But as long as you can make the plays in any type of sport, you most likely might have a role on a team somewhere for sure. Another player I also like on the offensive end is he you know he did he got a, he got some time last year and when he played he showed us a thing or two Keyshawn Martin the wide receiver for the um, New England Patriots I I liked what I saw from him um last year he had 24 receptions 270 yards and uh two touchdowns in uh, one two six games so he didn't have much playing time but when he played he tried to make a play um and especially when Danny Amendola and Edelman were, were hurt. He was the only guy that was there to step up. Brandon LaFell was nowhere to be found. And Brady had to put his trust into Keyshawn Martin. And I think he stepped up to the challenge. With everyone healthy, he's going to be another player that's under the radar. And he could also be a breakout player. And he's going to be fighting for a position with uh, Chris Hogan. For sure. I definitely agree. I know we're talking about breakout players but one guy who might be heading on his way out the door as as his career, you know, continues to progress, Rob Ninkovich. That, oh, guy, Ninkovich. that guy's 11 years in, and, you know, you know in the NFL eventually they start to want to look for younger players at, at whatever position. And, you know, I'm not saying Rob Ninkovich is losing his touch or anything like that, but 11 years in, you know, as as players, younger, more athletic, gifted players come in, 
the Patriots might start looking at, at his defensive end position and say, how can we maybe improve and get a guy who can maybe get at the quarterback or something uh, or be a huge help in, in, the, in the run defense? You know, Rob Ninkovich might be a guy who they might start evaluating him and how much longer he could produce on the defense. I'm just throwing that out there, not saying that Rob Ninkovich is, is on the on the cusp of getting cut or anything or traded or out the door, but I'm just saying we've seen plenty of times over the years that Patriots don't waste the time, waste a lot of time evaluating positions where players are starting to get getting older and up in their career for sure. And with Rob Ninkovich, you also have um, an agent, Chris Long as well, that's going to be in the defensive end as well, you know, rot- rotating with Rob Nikovich. So I feel like our front is very has has a lot of depth. So even with guys like Rob Nikovich and Chris Long, they won't be playing every down because we have we have rotational guys. And I know we we cut um, Dominic easily, but you still got other guys like Malcolm Brown who needs to step up now into their roles. We lost um, Chris Jones, who just got signed by the Miami Dolphins. So this draft is this draft will be important as well, and you know Patriots will still be looking to sign other free agents out there to just keep beefing up our def- our defense in the front and the and the secondary. For sure, for sure, I definitely agree. And like you know, DJ Mees and myself firmly believe we're two guys that firmly believe in the whole and build we trust model. So you know, it's just another season, off season, free agency draft, whatever the case may be, where. Patriots are looking to do whatever they can to pull and plug and, and, and add and subtract players and whatnot to just do it, just put themselves in the right position. And like we've seen ever since Belichick came into power and Brady's been the starting quarterback, this team finds success with whatever they do. So we can't question it too much. Maybe some people out there, you know, are mad of, uh, about some of the moves that the Patriots have made over the last couple of seasons. Guys may be getting cut too soon. I'm one guy personally who can't stand the fact that Randy Moss didn't last in New England longer than he did. But what do we know? A couple years later, Patriots are still making it to the Super Bowl AFC Championship game. So I can't you know, really lament on that situation too much because, like I said, they find a way to, to be successful all the time for sure. Which brings up my um my next my next little discussion I want to have with you. you. You said we're both firm believers in um in Bill we trust. When 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 has there been a time? I know you m- mentioned Randy Moss. So give me another time where you you started to question question the the in Bill we trust movement. For me, I can tell you two things. When I was just like, whoa, what are we doing here? When we um when we lost Wes Welker. For the first time going to Denver, I lost my mind. Wes Welker was has been Brady's go-to guy for five, six years, and then we just let him walk away over maybe, what, one or two millions to go to Denver. And I I really was questioning Bill Belichick, but, hey, the, the emergence of Julian Edelman came up from that. And then Akeem Tlaib. When we lost Akeem Tlaib that first day, Oh man, did I go crazy? Tlaib was having a breakout year as well. Great season for us. We lost him, of course, to who? Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. And then, but a couple days later, we get Darrell Rivas, and I shut up. I mean, yeah, you know those those times for sure are times fans uh, maybe question Belichick. 
I know for me the one that stands out on the top of the list for sure is the fact that they just did not want to pay Randy Moss and let the guy be in New England uh, longer. And and it goes back to the whole thing I said earlier about them evaluating talent. Maybe they saw that Randy Moss, as good as he was probably doing, age, the money, they didn't want to go down that route. Um, but I still question it to this day. Uh, but j- just to kind of play on the other side of it, sometimes when players don't stick, I'm, I think to some off seasons where the, pl- the the NFL free agency are full of talented players, and I feel like sometimes the Patriots don't even try or attempt to go after you know certain players. Uh, sometimes in my mind, I feel like the New England Patriots are kind of like the the Yankees of of uh, of the. The NFL, because you you have a team that has been so successful, has great players, and you feel like anybody would want to come there and play. And you probably think the Patriots have the money to go out and spend on whoever, but that's just not how Robert Kraft and 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 they do business. So, and and Belichick probably down the same route, just doesn't want to go after these certain type of high profile whatever type of player. So sometimes I get mad at the fact, you know, I know this current offseason, a wide receiver that's out there that I wish, and a running back that I wish the Patriots maybe took a chance on was um, definitely Anquan Bolden, you know, a wide receiver out there I like a lot. He's still there. He's still there and he's still available. And I would wish that I feel like he's a guy that Patriots could definitely use, but it's just not a route that that the the Patriots want to go down sometimes. So that's the other side of, you know, when we question and build we trust for sure. Definitely, um, that that's that is frustrating. Just sometimes, as Patriots fans, you see a free agent out there with a big name. You're just like, man, oh man. I know for a fact we're not even gonna look at that. Like, for example, just this week, Josh Norman, he's out there as a free agent. You know, as a Patriots fan, that's not even like, oh, what is Josh Norman King? You already know Patriots are not even looking at that because of how much he is going to cost. So there are some frustrating things that happen. When um when you're a Patriots fan, but at the end of the day, when it's December, it's January, we're sitting down watching Patriots football. That's going to do it today for the Patriots Beat Podcast. If you want to help support the show, please give us a subscription, rating, and review on iTunes or Stitcher. Today's show is presented to you by the SeatGeek Ticketing app. Once again, use the promo code CELTICSBEAT for $20 rebate when you download the SeatGeek mobile app. It's a great deal and helps us support the show. First off, I want to give a huge shout-out to everyone who tuned in and listened this week. Definitely want to thank our guest, Jay Soderberg, who is the host of the Next Fan Up podcast and also the head of content at Blog Talk Radio. For our CLNS Radio executive producer, Larry H. Russell, the founder of the network, Nick Glesso, my co-host, DJ Mees, and myself, this has been the Patriots Beat Podcast, powered by CLNS Radio Network.